you have your Bibles and want to turn there, we're in Matthew chapter 6 this morning as we continue in the Sermon on the Mount. This amazing, amazing sermon that Jesus gives. And just to make sure we get settled again, Jesus sits at the seat of Moses as he gives this sermon. Matthew's super clear. Moses, when he received from God the law, the relational covenant that they were to have with God, that they were to keep on their part, and they followed it for over a thousand years. And Jesus comes and says, this is what the law means. This is what relationship with God is. And it's shocking. It's so different than what they had taken eventually the law to be, even the hearers there. And for us. I thought this morning to start, I think, well, it's like we have a firm grip on a bar that we're so, so important to us. And Jesus is coming and prying our fingers, even as I say, what's the phrase? You have to pry it from my dead, cold fingers. But that's what he's doing. It's been incredible, right? As he says, the law, this beautiful law, this amazing instructions from God, the Ten Commandments and more, they actually don't affirm you, they crush you. That's the purpose, right? You slam into it like a car crashing into a concrete wall. Wish you could do that. It's beautiful. You don't. Like even getting angry is murder and lust is is, is adultery. And, And even beyond that, you need to love your enemies, You need to give up all sense of personal justice. I'm not doing that. And then this idea of of this God who, having seen that we're crushed, says, you know, blessed are the spiritually bankrupt. If you got nothing, that's actually who we are, right? Even the prayer that we pray, there's no salvation by reputation like you should let other people see how great you are. Instead, we're praying and the prayer has nothing to do with what I'm going to do. It's all, Lord, you are awesome. Your will be done because you're going to make it happen. And then these requests that I have are these requests that are totally what you're going to do for me. You're going to give me tomorrow's bread. You're going to forgive my sins. Oh, thank you, God. You're going to lead me away from the evil one. Look what God does. We've got a father like that. And I'll tell you what. That's just where we've been so far. And we, we finished up the Lord's Prayer last week. And then Jesus isn't done. I feel like, hey, I'm good to go. I'm dependent. I'm praying. I know how to pray now. And we'll go and do all this stuff. But, but today, he continues not to get like, Now, okay, a few details. No, he continues to go deeper into my problems. Because today, Jesus goes right after anxiety. Okay, now you're meddling, Jesus. Like, I even hesitate to touch anxiety. Why? Well, I was a doctor. I dealt with people who had a major anxiety disorder, and we use medicines for it. People have this weight of anxiety, this pressure of anxiety, and it's like, wow, you know, it's really hard. And say, well, don't do that doesn't seem like a ton of help you see jesus isn't just talking about that today and if you have and are afflicted with anxiety that that's difficult and and i think this may help you but if you think you're not a sufferer of anxiety if you're like me people call me tigger 
Oh, I bounce around. I'm happy. I worry. My suggestion to everybody in this room is you are a worrier. I want to show you why Jesus would say so and why it's stupid, sure, but why are really our only hope is God for us. And he is. And there's actually a solution Jesus gives. So this today, really amazing, that Jesus doesn't lower the bar like, okay, that was impossible law, now here's some practical tips. Instead, he continues to destroy our self-righteousness. And a lot of that surrounds this idea of worry. Worry. It's in the water. And, and, and it's not just impending doom. It's the lenses by which I see the world that comes under attack. And I don't see very well. I think we don't. Okay, so world of worry, that's where we are. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, that's where we're picking it up. We're going to start with diagnosing some worry. Poor egg. There he is. Okay, here we go. Verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Okay. Like almost all the law, almost all the commands that Jesus gives, we're prone to sort of generalize and make it soft. I've heard this so often in my Christian journey. Maybe you have too. You know, you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. So go ahead, you know, just, just do stuff for heaven. You can, you can build up storehouses in heaven. And they take it this way, you know, like somehow invest in missions so that you'll have gold in heaven. And it horribly, horribly misses what's going on here. This is a diagnostic Jesus gives to you and me. There's a heart issue going on, right? That's what it says. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The heart issue is about your value, your identity, your worth. Our hearts are influenced by what? Uncertainty about the future. Think about it. Think about how you act based on you not knowing what's coming. Think about how we, in our society even, we think about, I better put some stuff away so that I have enough. You know what? When my bank account's full, I feel better, don't, wouldn't you? Say, no, Dax, I don't feel any better when your bank account is full. <laughs> if you've got a lot of retirement, if you're security, if, if you've vested in your pension, if you know that you have enough for tomorrow, all of a sudden you feel better. That, that's where Jesus is going, right? He starts off just saying, you know, if you were logical about this, you wouldn't even think about storing up stuff here because there's too much uncertainty. There's moths. Well, I pretty much control my closet with that stuff. No, you don't understand. You don't know what's going to happen. There's a flood. There's a lightning strike. There's sudden death. There's things that happen all the time. Thanks for making me worry, Dax. No, Jesus is just saying this, this uncertainty is there and it's foolishness to store up treasure here. Uncertainty over all of it, it's easily seen as possessions with clothing and moss and metal and rust and money and thieves. But everything else, right? Bodies that wear out. 
kids that decide they don't like you. Store of value, and it's a suspect. It's not going to last. It fades away, and and the stock market crashes. The roof caves in in your house. I I tell you what, in spite of that, if we have a choice, we put treasures here. I don't know anyone that doesn't call it wisdom. Put a little aside, you know. Save. Why? Well, you'll have some for tomorrow. Who's in charge of that? You. We have bank accounts and IRAs and savings, and more than this, we find our value and identity in earning and having. What, what, what do you do when you have desires for things here, for enough for tomorrow, for storing up in an uncertain world? You plan. And you know when you plan? You worry. So I'm not talking about that crushing feeling of emptiness of the soul that some people call anxiety. The walls call, I know that happens to people, I get it. That's horrible and hard. I I, I want it broader than that because I think Jesus wants it broader than that. He's like, do you plan for tomorrow? You set some stuff aside for now. I'm like, Dex, you're talking foolishness. You're supposed to do that. You have to do that. How How do you live if you don't do that? Yeah, that's kind of the point, right? That's where Jesus is going. That's where the Son of God, as he sits here, is going, I, I don't want to go there. I'm totally happy. I'm, I'm an American. I, I like, you know, we're in the top 2% of the world. I got tons of stuff. I'm not even wealthy by American standards. Oh, man. What's the problem? The problem is I don't see rightly. That's the problem. And Jesus is bringing that out for you and me. That, that's where he goes, right? The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And, and if you're a reader of the Sermon on the Mount and you've read through the Sermon on the Mount a lot of times, you hit a passage like this, you go, what in the world is he talking about? He's talking about your treasure. He's talking about how you see the world. He's talking about you planning about tomorrow. If I frame the world, and it's about my agency, my effort and work to make sure I have enough for tomorrow, that's framing it in a dark way. Your eye's not seeing rightly about the blessing of God for you and who God is above. You are seeing wrongly. (laughs) It's going to make you all dark. That's pretty heavy, Jesus. Well, yeah, if you're marker for significance, you need to build up stuff yourself to be secure. If your significance is determined by you making the right choices and doing the right things, you will be bound by worry on whether or not you are. You've got to get this. The fruit of you being required to do the right thing is worry. Because you will always face the question, are you? How are you doing? And it never goes away. And I start pointing at things to show that I'm doing well. What do I point at? My bank account. My great kids. My happy wife. My beautiful clothing. My fit body. They start to assure me. What are they assuring me of? I'm doing it right. And Jesus says, no, that's, that's wrong. 
If your marker for significance is up to you, then the question before you will always be, are you doing enough? Are you making the right choices? Did you mess up? Do you have enough? You will pull the good news of Jesus Christ into this darkness. Jesus is your strengthener so you can accumulate treasure on earth. Sanctify your darkness. I'm just doing it for God. That's brutal. So either you will find your value in God and his work for you, or you and your work for you. That's what Jesus talks about with the eye. That's the contrast. You say, well, why, why are you doing this either in contrasting? Because Jesus is, he's making this contrast, right? His self-security, self-power, choices and sufficiency in what you've earned or lucked into. And all of us, right, all of us buy in. I don't care if you're a Christian or not. You're a person. Uh, as Christians, our usual method kind of is sort of God helps me make good choices. God helping me make the choices that turn out good. You see, I'm, 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 I'm very involved in this process. <laughs> to build up my security for the future. We worry about tomorrow and what it will bring. We try and anticipate and act. We call it wisdom. Jesus calls it having two masters. That's what he says. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus is not saying money is evil. I mean, there are tons of people who are very wealthy in the Bible. Abraham was incredibly wealthy. Jacob was wealthy. David is wealthy. Solomon, of course, the wealthiest man alive. That's not evil. It's, it's, what is it? The devotion to it. The service of it. God gives riches to some people, not to others. Think of Lazarus and the rich man. The issue isn't work. We all do what we can. The issue is our service of money. Of, 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 of where we get our value and sufficiency and identity. Even our security. Especially our security. Hey, hi, are you going to be okay next week? You know what my answer would be? My honest answer would be yes. The Lord has blessed me with much. I have plenty. That's okay, right? But I find some little bit of my own identity in, yeah, I've got enough laid away. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My answer isn't, yeah, I'll be okay next week. I've got the God of heaven on my side. I will be okay. No, I don't really ever think that. I look immediately to my bank balance. Because it's about the mortgage. This is a great problem, Jesus says. I'm not trying to make some like make you feel extra guilty. I'm not trying to make me feel extra guilty. I'm just saying Jesus is pointing out there's, there's, there's these two worlds going on, you know. There's the kingdom of here, this world, and it's about do you have enough, and it's run by money, and we start to get sucked into it and think this way about our stuff. Because that's how it works. You accumulate based on your wisdom and your working. And then there's the kingdom of heaven. And we prayed this prayer last week and we all prayed it together. Lord, give us tomorrow's bread. 
then I think, oh, well, okay, that was just a prayer, but now I've got to actually work and make tomorrow's bread. Not a very good believer, am I? That's what Jesus is saying. The marker that you, you to, to see that you're not trusting is worry. And it's not just medical anxiety, not feeling the walls closing in. It's the fruit of uncertainty. Which is storing up treasure, putting enough aside, making sure you're working in a way that ensures your future security. Jesus says these two words are these, these two different kingdoms, right? It's earning or it's grace. It's yourself or it's God. And, and when you try and put them together, you end up not being able to. Either you're going to love one and hate the other, or you're going to, what did he say, be devoted to the one and despise the other. Like, I will do it, but I hate it. I have to say, if I look at myself, really, that much of the time I hate grace. Because I am a man of ability. The world says I'm smart and able and I'm strong and I can do things. So, so, so I, I like that. I get a charge out of that. I like that I can do things. I will tell you about the things that I've done and the work that I've accomplished. And, and I take value in it. I don't like God giving stuff to people that don't even deserve, like, don't deserve it. That's where you go. Okay, I built that enough. I, I was pretty heavy, and I, I don't mean to just lay that on. But Jesus is not going, like, giving you a light view. Hey, you guys, don't worry. It's going to be okay. He says, you're a worrier because your heart's bound up in the wrong spot. And, and then let's think about that for a minute. He said, let's consider this worry. Let's consider it, Jesus says. Now that I've got you there, you can't do this. It's not going to work. Man, your whole body gets dark with this stuff. Then he goes, and let's consider worry. Verse 25, therefore, see how it's linked with therefore? It's, it's, he's talking about the same stuff, you know. It's, this is the flow in. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Okay, so he links it, your darkness inside, your serving money, your treasure on earth, and worry. Don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or drink, what you'll put on. And you're like, whoa, 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 back up, Dex. I need those things. I work for them. I worry about them because they're up to me. And Jesus says, that's kind of the issue. Your idea of control right? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? See, see they don't plan and store and hoard. They don't find their value in how much stored food they have, but, but this is true. The Father feeds them. Oh, they fly wherever. They do look for, they're not sitting on their perch going, I hope a, a worm drops down from heaven. But that's not what Jesus is trying to do. He's saying, what you really should do is sit at home with your hands saying, Lord, please drop a loaf of bread into my hands today. No. Don't, don't misunderstand our Savior. He, he's saying, you go out and you're trying to work for things and you're, you're earning your daily bread. That's great. If you're not working, you don't, that's good. But your value, what you really worry about is the uncertainty of tomorrow. God's got you. 
as you go about your task. Right, as they look for where to go food, it's like, well, if I just, as, as the little bird goes, and, and there's, there's food here on the right, but he misses it, and he goes left. And like, see, he's in this little area where there's no flowers or grubs to find. Like, oh, how come if he just would have chosen rightly and gone left, then he would have been able to find the food? He made the wrong choices. No, it's that stuff. We're not that smart. It's like you're, you're actually saying, I'm looking for food. I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to do. But I'm trusting that actually the one who provides for me is the Father. And, and Jesus says, the Father does. The Father does. You just aren't that savvy. It's not up to you. And he cares for you way more than birds. Isn't that what he says? How do you think you compare in the Father's eyes? And if life is about the Father doing this, then how does worry help you at all? Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? You and I, we lack ability. Your worry's kind of ironic. Mine is too, because actually it shortens your life, right? Usually, stress. It's one of the big medical things now. It's like, man, you got to lower your stress. And, and what causes stress? Anxiety. What are you anxious about? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I think something bad might happen. So therefore, I'm actually, the corollary to that is I think I can live longer by my choice, right? Like, actually, if you really were, were truthful with me, you don't agree with Jesus. Why do I say that? Well, if I stuff myself at McDonald's every day, heart attack central. They have burger joints called the heart attack, right? I think I showed a picture once. If I make poor choices with my health, if I never eat vegetables, if I don't go to the gym, I'm shortening my life. It's up to me. I've got control over those things. I can do it. You see, well, yeah, it's by being anxious, right? God's not saying don't work on going to the gym. God's not saying, hey, you you shouldn't, as you have desires and and you think you can be wise about what you're doing, be wise, but you have no control. You can be at the gym lifting and have a heart attack. You can be driving home and have a car accident. If what I do is sit around going, oh, I've got to figure out how not to have a a, a car accident, and I'm worried about this, and I'm worried about that. That's what Jesus is going after, right? You actually have less control than you think. That's where he's going. God does give me desires. But I also live just as long as he wants me to. What I want to do is to tell God what to do, right? I desperately want to say, well, Lord, I will work out every day if you'll give me another 10 years. I'll make some bargain with God like it's up to me. It's not, says Jesus. Your worry doesn't matter because God is actually for you all the time. And as you do what you think is best, and and you should, that as you do those things, what you don't have to do is worry. Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Why are you worried? Well, I'm worried, Jesus says, maybe we are, that, that we're worried because of how we look. 
I want to be clothed in beauty. And I think it's up to me. I want to shine. And I worry about it. What choices I'm going to make so that my stuff comes out well. That, that I'm arrayed in splendor. That I have enough to do that, that, that. That somehow my look is the best. Or my actions are the best. Or the things I do are the best. And, and, and ugh, you're wrong, Jesus says. Why? Because the Father displays as he would like to. You can't even tell what real beauty is. That, that's what he's saying, right? That if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? I worry about having enough of being cared for, being beautiful, living a full life, all of it. And it's folly because God loves me and he loves you. He makes you and I into what he wants. My problem is, I'm not sure I want it, you know. I have this idea about what I want God to do with my life, and I don't necessarily agree with him about what he wants to do with my life, and that's called what? Control. Pry it off, Dax. I want to shape my own future. So this is what we see. Worry in this sense is because we think the future is up to us. Instead of trusting the God who does it all, he feeds the birds, he clothes the lily in glory. It really begins to be what we think about God. Does he know what we need? Or is he waiting for us to do what we should? And even the people at the time, very much like, hey, if we do what we should, then God will bless us. And so then I'm, what? Worried. Why am I worried? Am I doing what I should? And anybody can come up to you with a Bible verse or passage or just with their opinion and, and convince you that you're not doing what you should. Then you start to worry. Jesus takes that apart because of who God is. Your Father actually is for you. He's in charge. That's what he's doing, right? Okay, one more piece. Let's lose some worry if we can. Let's let it be washed away. So it keeps going, Jesus does. He says, therefore, do not be anxious. Saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Okay, well, that's super strong and clear. Don't worry. The Father knows what you need. Now you can hear that, and honestly, it makes me worried. Why? Because I do worry. And Jesus, who's the Son of God, is telling me not to worry. Then I flip over to Paul. He says, don't be worried for anything. And that's another command. It's in the imperative. Don't be worried. Do not be worried. And I just spent, like, all this time trying to convince you that actually, even if you don't have the feeling of anxiety, you still worry. I got a retirement account. I'm like planning for tomorrow. I think I've got some agency. Oh no. Maybe I'm, 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 I'm sinning. And, and I guess, I don't know if you've heard this. I, I, I feel like there's some truth in it. Sure. I'm sinning. Why? 
Well, for one, I have anxiety. It says don't be anxious. But for two, anxiety and lack of anxiety is particularly not believing God will have me tomorrow no matter what. It's unbelief, right? So it is unbelief. I'm expressing my unbelief when I worry. And, and, and then with that, if you're a, a worrier and, and you struggle with anxiety, that's like extra, extra burden laid on your shoulders. Because now not only am I telling you that anxiety is bad because Jesus said don't do it, but now I'm also telling you you're not believing. You just worm, I'll just put my thumb and just... What do I do? That's the thing, right? And, and you can hear these, you can hear these... You can always hear commands as law. You can always hear imperatives as law. That means I hear it as the thing to accomplish. And when I hear it as the thing to accomplish in my own strength, I, and, I, and I can't, just like you cannot do the Sermon on the Mount. You cannot. You should, but you cannot. You, you can hear it as a burden. It crushes you. It does. And then you feel more crushed. But there's an answer, right? He's the one who's speaking to you. The one who's going to go to Calvary. The one that's going to die for you. The prayer that we prayed was, Lord, please provide for me. But the second one is, Lord, please forgive me. If you have forgiveness, then you're actually forgiven. And the, the difficulty is that often I, I don't want forgiveness. I want improvement. I want it gone. I don't want to know that, that I'm forgiven for my anxiety. I don't want to have any anxiety. I get it. I don't either. So, so, so you got to hear, look at this command here. This is the command, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I believe this is the hinge of the whole passage as Jesus gives a little solution for you and me. But if you're not used to it, you'll hear it like, okay, I'm going to work hard to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It means work for God. Me work for God. Man, if, if what I do is put God first, if I come to church more, if I pray more, if I come to all the classes, if I go to a small group, if I go to a volunteer mission, if I come to coffee, if I do if I, whatever it is that I'm going to do, I will seek God first. That's what it is to my mind. That's not what this means. Jesus, and you should hear it as the solution. Look, what's the kingdom? The, the kingdom is the king. He's the one talking. And, 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 and his righteousness, what's his righteousness? Jesus is his righteousness. Jesus is the relationship we have with God. That's where you go, you guys. You're supposed to go to the cross. This is not, man, you can take this, right? There's a theology of glory. You can say, okay, I'm going to go seek God. I'm going to work on this so that I won't be anxious. I will do more. And you know what? It's just going to cause more anxiety because the question doesn't go away. Are you seeking enough? Are you seeking rightly? Are you doing the right seeking? Is it about that? It is not about that, right? Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. What does it mean to come? It's, it's to give up your personal kingdom of self-determined outcomes so that worry is reasonable and trust God that he's for you, his kingdom given to the spiritually bankrupt. Who's that? You! Blessed are the spiritually poor. Impoverished, why? Because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The entire problem is that 
We accept the frame of the world. We seek our own kingdom, our own righteousness, and that's what causes worry. And so here it is, Jesus, and, and I, I put it in your bulletin, it's John 19.30 when Jesus is on the cross and after he drinks the wine and he, and he yells out, it is what? Finished. And he dies. To tell us die. That made you know the word. You've been around our church, you know this word. It's a single word. It's finished. What's finished? All the striving you're ever going to do. It's in me. I've accomplished it. I've done it. It's for you. You're my blood for you. My body for you. And you're forgiven and it's okay. And you know what you need to hear again? Oh, worrier. It's okay. But I'm worrying. It doesn't matter. It's forgiven. Everything about you, God, is for you. You have more depth of care surrounding you than you can even imagine. Why? Because of Jesus. Not because of you and your, your hey man, you made the right choices there and you were really wise in that investment. That, that's all good. You can do all of that. that. You should be doing the wisest things you can in worldly wisdom. But you know what? The depth of our understanding is the belief and understanding. Of, oh, peace in my heart that the Father of the universe has me. How can I know that? How can I, how can I not be worried about the, the, the future and tomorrow? Because the God of the universe in Christ has me. <laughs> he, he finishes with this, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. He's not saying, you don't have any troubles. We got so many troubles. Uh, it's saying, don't worry about the future. God has the future for you. You let it go. You look at the cross. You hear it's finished. You trust it for yourself and your cares. It's not that, that somehow you're going to avoid any troubles. <laughs> man, again, that's my flesh. I don't want any troubles. I just, man, keep me away from suffering particularly. I don't want any of that. I just want to have my own little life and be okay, okay, okay. In fact, I don't even want to die ever. Can I do that? No. Everybody dies. Everybody suffers. I don't like it. That's not up to me. But my worry, I can lay it down, right? It's my thinking I'm in control when I'm not. My worry is directly correlated with me thinking I'm responsible. And if I'm not, then things won't turn out how I want them to be. It's an agency problem. I, I can't affect it anyway. My, my kids are going to need therapy. No matter what, sorry kids. I'm dumb enough that I don't know the exact right steps. P people who lift themselves up before you and say this way, they don't really know either. So, here's the thing. We already went through that. Here's the thing. Worry is all about the future. Right? It's all about the future. Is it open and unsure? Unset? Or is it closed? Which means already set. And, and, and we're assured of what's going to happen. That's it, right? Your relationship, your salvation, your righteousness, settled or not. And this end times idea is not just a sort of Christian debate. Everybody's looking at the future and they're trying to gauge what to do today based on what's going to happen tomorrow. That, that's where we live. We are future-oriented people. You know, and, and honestly, what happens is we think it's up to us. It is fixed. 
not in my mind because I know I can make choices that will influence my future. And therefore, I have control. And that control becomes something I can evaluate. And the evaluation becomes a tool by which I worry. And so when Jesus comes along and he says, don't worry, he says, you're not in control. You actually have a God who's for you. He's able, by the way, not just to give you clothing, he is able to change your heart. He's able to give you desires. He's able not just to change your circumstances, he can change you. You can't, except very superficially. That, that's where it goes, right? The life of worry is the fruit of failing to believe it is finished. And it's okay. Everybody I know worries. And if you're a worrier, you're prone to anxiety, welcome to the club. You don't have it worse than other people. Everybody else hides it, overlooks it, puts it away as they squirrel away resources for tomorrow. What we have is forgiveness because it really is finished. It doesn't matter how you describe it. Every time we sin, we're not believing that our identity, our life, everything is grounded in Jesus Christ's work and not in my work. Everything. I fail to believe. I stress and I fear and I don't have peace that my work becomes a, a burden instead of something, oh, God's given me something good to do, which it is. Instead, I feel like it's a burden to prove or, or to accomplish or to validate or to justify rather than just blessing someone today. And being blessed because God's given me something to do. My kids have to turn out okay, I'm a failure. It stretches across the board, right? The burden of determining our future. We can't enjoy the good gifts God's given us. Everything is a project. This is the, the fruit of our world. If the future is open-ended and up to us, then there's anxiety and it will not go away. But, 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 if it is finished then things open up. So my, my, my heart today is you don't end up with just another log on your shoulders, that you can hear Jesus' command, Paul's command, and it does kill you because we do worry. I mean, I can't worry. I, I'm, I'm worried that I'm worried. I, I, I know that I, I should be, shouldn't be anxious, but I am. I've had so many conversations with people. It's not a knowledge issue. Everybody knows I shouldn't be worried, and yet everybody does. The call here is to know that to seek the kingdom is to come to Christ. And would you hear that today? That, that Jesus loves to give the kingdom to the spiritually bankrupt. You wish you didn't have to worry, but, but, but you don't have to worry even when you do. Jesus loves you in your mess and in your miss. And, and he's there for you always. That's the truth. That's the message we read earlier in John 14. I go to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't true, what, why would I have told you that? And I'm going to come back and you have a place. You have storehouses. Where? In heaven. You've got it. Why? In Christ. Even me right now, where I'm a bundle of hoarding and seeking my own reputation and angry and I lust and, and, and I see my imperfections and they are imperfections. I'm not saying they're good. I'm saying they're terrible. And, 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 and yet I've got a God who says, you know what, Dax, you're forgiven. 
is the main ticket. Do you believe your eyes that looks out at this world and sees how it works? Right? That shows if you're honest, your ugliness and your lack of good choices and your abrasiveness and your failure once again. Or do you believe the word? The word of God. Jesus Christ sitting on the Sermon on the Mount proclaiming to you from God who is God for you that forgiveness and, and tomorrows and leading are yours from God. His death for you, his life for you, him giving you the righteousness and family and life that is his just because he loves you. This is where life is. And you need to be with people who believe it and can remind you because we forget. Jesus Christ embraces you fully and freely right now. So I invite you today to lay down your burden and to receive Christ again. Not for salvation, but again to come to the table we're about to go to Say, no, it is finished. Jesus Christ is for me. And though I do store up, and though I do worry, and though I'm not who I should be, in all of these ways, the message is clear. Come seek the kingdom. The forgiveness, the wonder, the love that's found in Christ. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for this message, even through the law of our utter crushedness, Lord, our inability not to worry, consider, plan, take control. And Lord, your incredible, amazing love for us in the midst of it. Thank you, Lord, that you know our hearts. You see our failings. You, you show us the beauty of where to go, but you love us and forgive us though we don't get there. Lord, help us to receive that that our value, that our hope, that our identity, that everything we are is because of what you've done for us. Please take care of us, Lord. In your name, amen.